who would like to give glory to God? Uh, Pastor, me. Hello. Hello. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, for, uh, Pastor, I'd like to give a testimony. Uh, my daughter was stuck for her grades as uh, she's doing her university there in Adelaide, Australia. And uh, this was because of a project that she had to do jointly with another companion randomly picked. Uh, she did not pick this girl, but they, she had she had to just take a girl to do this project. Now, uh, one very important thing is that uh, universities there do not accept any matter from the net, from the web. And... and Yes, continue, Faith. What happened? Hello? Yes. Yeah, sorry. I just got logged off. Uh, the thing is that uh, 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 the universities, they do not accept any matter from the net. Uh, this, uh, this is exactly what happened with my daughter. She got a companion who took all the matter from the net to submit her project, uh, whereas my daughter had not done it. So uh, in due course, the grades were out and my daughter's grade was not out. She received an email from the examiner saying that the grades had been kept on hold because the project will be taken for inspection. And uh, we were very worried because this happened first time to her and uh, she prefers working alone, but this was where she had to do it with somebody else. A week went by with worry, tension, and that is when I requested her to talk to Brother Vivek. I said, please just talk to him once and I know everything will be okay. And uh, she called you, uh, you did speak to her brother. She was much, much, much at peace after that. And uh, the appointment was scheduled for yesterday where the three of them sat to speak about the project. And if she would have to fail this project, she would fail the term, uh, you know, just because of somebody else's mistake. And that is what we were worried about because the girl could turn around and say, no, I didn't do it. And we would all, and she would be in a bigger mess. So when the meeting began, she realized that the examiner was in her favor. But one thing what my husband and I had made very clear to her was that we told her, speak the truth and keep your matter ready because you have written your matter, you know what it is, so keep your matter ready. But above all, we told her, make God your advocate. You know, say, God, you know, Jesus, you know that I have been honest in this project. I have not cheated in any way. You be my advocate. And uh, just before the meeting began, she did pray. She did uh, she prayed hard and she made Jesus her advocate. Today morning, the first thing uh, at 8.30, we got a call from her saying that she's cleared of everything. Her grades have been granted to her and she has passed her uh, term. I want to give glory and praise to God for this miracle that has happened in front of us. Another thing was during the meeting, the girl herself opened, um, her partner opened up and said that my daughter has got nothing to do with this project. Uh, the copied matter was actually her mistake and not my daughter's so yes i want to give glory and praise to god for this wonderful thing that has happened to her thank you jesus thank you jesus praise god thank you for the intercession that he offers through his servant as well praise the lord brother yes praise, praise god. the lord Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your anointing on this group and all the teachings, prayers, and the miracles. 
and especially the morning encounter with the Lord and the daily reflections. And thank you also to um, Sister Vera, whose testimony last week actually encouraged me to complete some pending tasks by James 4.2, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. Thank you, Jesus. And um, a while ago, I was the only one in my family that had a positive COVID reading. And I began using my authority in Jesus' name to firstly bind by Matthew 18, 18. And I rebuked and cast it out from the root into the lake of fire and of sulfur, never to return in Jesus' name. And I covered my family in the precious blood of Jesus and declared what Brother Russell taught that I am the one who has legal authority, therefore, I deny all evil spirits trying to come near my household, legal right to be here. You must leave now in Jesus' name. And I also said, Lord God, I permit you complete legal authority to intervene in this situation. For as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Joshua 24, 15. And thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Our family and I are completely healthy in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Praise brother. God bless Praise you, God. brother. Thank you. Thank you. Bless Thank you. you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, brothers and sisters. Yes, I sister, want to brother. thank. Yes, brother. I want to thank and glorify the Lord for the gift of life, for the twenty-five years silver jubilee that I celebrated on the 14th of May. I was amazed at what the Lord can do with me. Thank you, Jesus. I want to thank the Lord for his protection daily for the restoration power. And I also want to thank the Lord that he is so faithful, so faithful and so merciful also. And uh, as for me and my household, we are using, we, we are using, yes, I want, to, I want to picture that. We are using our God-given time and talents for Abba Father's kingdom and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you, my brothers and sisters, for keeping us in prayers. Thank you to all. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, who else would like to give glory? To Jesus for the works that he has done in their life, especially if you've seen transformation in your spiritual life, your prayer life, you've, you are able to apply the teachings from here or from any, any other source that you're receiving through your own personal Bible study as well. And your life has been transformed through that. It'd be worth sharing to others as well, how you did it so that they can benefit probably from what you've done. Maybe take a few tips from there and apply in their prayer life as well. Anyone with that kind of transformation, I encourage you to share your story with others, please. Hello, brother. Yes, go ahead, Rashmi. I want to praise and thank the Lord for the gift of life and for all the blessings we have received. Um, if uh, Actually, my uh, husband is a convert, and uh, but he is so loving and he is always you know in in deep faith he does not just uh, i might you know sometimes doubt or something but i thank the lord that he's given me a life partner who is 
deep in faith and believes that the Lord has done miracles in our life, in every part of our life, we are going to complete 30 years of wedding. But in every time, it is always him who says, no, all is fine. Everything is going to be good. Everything is nice. Um, I was, Veera is my spiritual warrior who keeps praying with me all the time. And uh, we have always confessed because he had a frozen shoulder. So we have always been confessing that he's already healed. He's healed. He's healed. And um, he had never got the this thing letter from the company saying that to go for a MRI. But since it was uh, this thing, so he went for the MRI. And in that MRI report, it is showing that he has some problems in it. But... I, I took it as a problem, but he um, he kept confessing, I am all good, I'm all good. And he said, Persis, actually my maiden name is Persis. So he never calls me Rashmi. That name is given by my in-laws when I got married. So, but he always calls me Persis. So he said, Persis, I'm just going, you know, because it is free. These doctors are just telling, you know, and it's free, you know, so let it be. I'm just going and I'm doing it. But I know my Jesus has healed my hand already. Veera and you have always been confessing. We have confessing together and I'm all healed. I'm all good. I praise and thank the Lord for this. And uh, one more, this thing I would like to say is uh, we, we join in uh, as a family for the Divine Mercy and Rosary every day. And uh, it is Raj who's always in a, this thing that, okay, come on, we'll finish our lunch. We'll have this thing. We'll finish the uh, uh, cleaning up the kitchen and he'll bring a paper and a pen and he'll keep it ready for me saying that, are you right? They will tell you what to say. They'll call out now. They'll say Rashmi and then you will uh, unmute yourself. So he's so excited and uh, this thing about it, no. In, in fact, in our house, whenever we say the our family rosary, it is always my husband who leads us into the rosary. So yeah. really, I'm. Uh, we are really spiritually also blessed. And all the blessings we have received. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Father, let that faith be honored that what they have believed in their heart, let them receive it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. 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 I, I had a um, confession that I, I'm not confession, testimony that was following from last week that I wanted to also mention. Yes. Um, the, the last time you said that I haven't finished my testimony, actually now I remember what it was. The main thing was that I came to this town. I was, I've been very new and I came when I was pregnant. So there was um, just around, uh, across the road, there's a shop. And the ladies in that shop were very attentive. I, I did not remember their names, but they would always look at me and stuff. And my husband coming back and forth there. When I delivered the baby, one of them prior to delivery was like, I can't wait to see that baby coming out. And I was like, oh, thank you. I, 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 I'm actually wanting to wait because, you know, I need more time before it comes. And then um, my husband went there like a week ago. And it's just amazing what happened is that both of them, they gave us a lot of gifts for the baby. This is someone I don't know. And I was so surprised because I was like, oh, my gosh, how can I receive so much from someone who doesn't even know me? They, they gave us like two baby outfits and just so many things. Yeah, so I just wanted to praise God for 
placing that desire in people's hearts to bless others as well, unknowingly. Praise God. When the God of heaven decides to bless, he uses anyone. Yes, thank you. The, the other thing to remember is whenever we are praying as well, when we are praying for God to do something in our life, it is important to remember that it will not fall from the sky. He always yeah. blesses men through men, people through other people. Destiny helpers yeah. is what we call them. Yeah, There is nothing that will suddenly appear out of nowhere, but we need to keep our eyes open to those channels. He will use any of those channels. We just need to keep our discernment you know, alert and awake. Okay. Praise God. Thank, Thank you. you for that uh, wonderful testimony. Thank you. Who else would like to add their testimony? Hi, Brother Russell. This is Ernie. It's Ernie. Good day, everyone. I'd just like to um, thank just this, uh, the, the, every, his everyday living, I confess, folders that we can just submit to, to him every day and just say these words. Uh, Random, not randomly, but every every time, even at work, during and even uh, it's it's the Holy Spirit just keeps uh, reciting these things all the time, and and just uh, and and basically on my family, you know, my marriage with my wife, uh, the, all the blessings, and um, he keeps his. Uh, covenant upon us and just the peace and the joy they pours out in our hearts, even in our times, you know, up and downs, the the peace and the of his uh, of his presence all the time around us, and just keeping these there's all the time there's we have cases like um sometimes sometimes our family members having a COVID positive tested uh, positive, uh, the virus keeps coming and just passing through and um, the blood of Jesus is always upon us. And just the daily prayers and we, I can pray for others and you know, the thoughts that we have for other people. I say to him, every, every thought that I have, I don't realize how many um, people that come in my thoughts and just cover them whether they're uh, being sort of like not enemies in the past, but people that you don't get along with in the past, but um, I'm just completely uh, uh, forgiving them in the heart with the help of the, um, the, the Lord and his presence, all the, all the bitterness and um, has washed away with all these uh, teachings. So um, it's, it's been a blessing. It's really has transformed my mind. And it's also, I can see all the people, everything that's sort of like, um, uh, everything that we desire to be, all the problems always uh, have gone. They don't last very long. So um, just the power, the, the, the results that come towards my way and also towards the people. Um, that believe in him is uh, seem to go very quickly, and I thank him for that. And you know, it's always praising him all the time. And when I can't pray, it's just you know, hallelujah, hallelujah. It's just how powerful the words are, and it just 
just uh, just transform your mind kind of instantly. And I just like that the Holy Spirit yeah. make you very alert and active when you feel when you sense that you're another spirit that does not belong to Father God. He gives he doesn't give me uh, a spirit of fear and timidity. It sort of disappears when it's replaced by his love and power. And I just sort of thank him for that constantly. And, uh, yeah, just uh, and all our and all the Holy Spirit Brisbane prayer group and their families and extended families do here and throughout the world that they're all praying all at once in the same mind in Jesus Christ. You just can't, you just uh, you just stay with us for all our lives and it's just a, it's the best gift you can give to your families and to everyone and to their children. And, and they'll just keep on going and living and his word spirit and his living words will always conquer everything, our enemies, scatter the enemies in pieces. And I thank you, Lord, and I thank you for the spirit Thank you, Jesus, for everything. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And it is important for us to remember that you know the words that are said in Psalm 22, verse 3, God dwells in, in the midst of the praises of his people. So praise is the best way to summon his presence, to bring him into any situation. And then he takes over. That's one of our strongest weapons, actually. We'll probably see that as part of our session later as well. But thank you for that testimony. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, who else would like to share their testimony? Yeah, Russell, I'll go next. Yes, Brother Vic. I, I just, uh, I think the first thing I would like to say is more than my testimony of what God has given me is that having Christ in my life has become the biggest and the most beautiful yeah. thing that ever happened to me. Amen and, to that. And it is just allowing the Lord to lead me on and take me and do whatever he wants with me. I said, Lord, I'm, in, I'm an empty vessel. You do what with, with me as you will, Lord. And I always say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Grant your word down deep in me. As I yeah. go about my day, driving to work and back, it's the Holy Spirit who says, I would like to pray in tongues. And I say, yes, let's open up and just continuously pray in tongues. I don't know what the Holy Spirit wants to pray for, but he wants my body. He wants the time. He wants us to pray. And it's just opening up and listening to the Lord and saying, Lord, you do with me as you will. And, and the scripture that has really touched my heart and brought so much of transformation is Galatians 2.20 that says that I now no longer live. It's the Christ, my living God, who lives in me. Okay, the life I live now is meant, is lived only for him. And, and it is just, the one thing I realize is Jesus Christ is so real and Holy Spirit makes Jesus come alive every day in every situation. And what I realized is Christ is love. Okay, from what I read through God's word is, is love and love can solve every problem. When there is love, there cannot be hatred. When there is love, there cannot be sin because love by itself is, is God himself. Okay, so the embodiment of God by definition and by who he is, is love. Yes. And I realize that love is giving. The word of God teaches me that giving does not come naturally. It comes through the spirit whether I smile or whether it's with your time or with a kind word or your money or finances or any kind of giving comes only through God. And it's, it's that, it's that giving that comes only through joy because you can't even smile without God in your life because 
the stresses wear you down and the word of god has helped me to realize that every word that i speak is god spoken word because if his word has left my mouth it will always come back answered and coming to the testimony i did work in a good job prior to this and i was working with a very top uh, a multinational company and i was finding it very stressful and remember brother you and i we prayed for a new yes. job and he said yes. let's let, let the lord bless this prayer and we he congratulated me and i said lord i speak your word today and i bless all the people who are in my situation exactly like me looking for a job okay i know lord i have a job but it's extremely stressful it's not allowing me to pray do the things that i want to do and mentally it is frustrating so lord i i i activate all the destiny helpers to go forth northeast west south and bring me a job a job that you want me to work in not what i want but what you want me to work and i know lord that when my word has been spoken it has already come back as the answered prayer and i said lord i speak this i preach this i teach this but today i am using it because i know what i speak is already an answered prayer and that's what we learn in the morning uh, encounters with god as well and i spoke it out from my mouth and immediately that very day somebody called me up and said hey are you are you want to on top performer and you are one of our best sales the best sales guy we know would you be interested in a change of career and i said okay sure yes. and i just went i said lord you lead me on i just walked there i didn't even go for the interview properly because i thought they'll go it could be two or three rounds just before i could go for the first round the 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 owner of the company was there he normally is not there but he was there he saw me for only one minute he says you're hired i want you and he says the interview is over you already had uh, offer letter sent and before i could understand anything this week i already started the job i'm just trying to tell you how powerful is the word of god and not only that i've got into another line called where i have to recruit people uh, for it that is for the it sector i've never done this line before i told the owner that i have not done anything of this sort before and he said yes because i know you have not done it i'm picking you up so imagine you tell somebody that i don't know anything and he says okay i'll train you because i want a fresh mind not a person who you know knows everything i want someone who does not know it so i can train him the way i want and i want to share with you god is so great that when you go with the lord's name he takes you know he qualifies the unqualified this is what i would say he blesses yes. the ones he qualifies the unqualified and i could only remember this thing that when i went i was unqualified for this job but he said the lord qualified me for the job and yes. in one minute the interview was done i got the new job and everything it's a beautiful job i'm very happy a week has gone by and i love it so i'm just sharing this only because to give glory to god that god is real and the spoken word that leaves your mouth is always and always and always an answered prayer so whenever you pray it should always be lord i speak this word from my mouth knowing in faith that you've always answered me because before i even speak i know you already answered me so yes. god only god only blesses us when we speak the word from our mouth and when we believe because you cannot please god except by faith that's what hebrews 11:6 says and yeah. you cannot unless you know god exists there's no way you can pray so as we spoke earlier faith is a currency and the only way you can use it is by speaking it out by using the scriptures and speaking it out from your mouth and knowing and knowing and knowing that it's already come to pass and this is uh, my testimony but to add to it i would say that anyone who prays with a vision 
I also gave a God a vision. I said, Lord, I can see myself working. I really didn't know that I asked for a I asked for a job, but God gave me a career. You know, you can't change your career unless you have you have you know that Russell. Yes. You cannot go into a career. I can't walk into your line unless I have experience in that line. Otherwise, why would somebody you know pick me up for a senior yeah. role? And he's I picked up for a senior role with no experience because the person says I know you got so much experience in the other line. It'll be easier for you to have the product. I just need a person with a good attitude, and you are the person with the right attitude. All that matters for me is the energy and the attitude. Learning the product is easy, and I got picked up. So God qualified the unqualified, and that's why I want to say thank you and praise you. I also believe by being part of this Holy Spirit Brisbane Prayer Group, the blessings that have come uh, upon our lives have been great because God has been kind. to all of us every day my prayer is not only for my family but for the precious blood of jesus to be on every member of the brisbane prayer group and their families so that they go out spreading the word of god and bringing the love of christ to others because that is where we are tested as christians if we go out and bring our testimony to somebody else and they come and join this prayer meeting because of what we have done for them then i guess we have done our task of bringing one soul to christ Yes. and i guess you are saying about transformation to the word the word of god has helped me uh, massively to remember that every day that i'm full of pride full of ego to drop that i said lord destroy it take it all destroy it because i want you to be everything and me nothing and i said jesus take all of me give me all of you till i'm fully consumed by you lord so just take everything and that emptiness is so beautiful because i realize that without christ i'm nothing i don't exist without christ every time that verse of john 15 so i comes and just i feel that you know god is the vine i am the branch and without jesus i can't have any kind of purpose in this life so there's that nothingness is always felt and christ fills me in everything so as i said i now no longer live it's christ my lord who lives in me that's galatians 2:20 Uh, yeah. Romans eight twenty eight another scripture that has always helped me in situations that God has taken it as it is. I also pray for all the people who are going through situations in life to tell the Lord take it as it is, Lord take it. Even if it's the toughest day of your life, just give it to the Lord and say, Lord, you take it, turn it around, because God loves to turn around situation. That's why His ways are not our ways, and I, you know, and that's why. Amen. Amen. He said, uh, "Come as you are." Absolutely, and 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 our ways, uh, you know, we can't even think of it. So Isaiah fifty-five yes. nine, uh, you know, his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts. And and as I say, if we speak God's word, let's just believe that every word spoken is an answered prayer. And yes. that's what we are called as Christians to do: keep on confessing the word, professing the word. And I'd say these destiny helpers are so real. Uh, we did a teaching on this. Brother Russell has taught as well. Uh, you just confess and ask God to activate destiny to helpers, destiny helpers in your life because they just come to help you from nowhere. They come do their work, and some of them stay with you, some go. But God is so faithful, and I believe we serve a faithful God. So my testimony today, the transformation is of what I received as a job was already there. So it was not something that was, uh, you know, it's we call the unseen into the seen because it always was there. but what happens is romans 4:17 comes alive that we become partakers of god and speak the word and become co-creators and when yes. we create that word starts becoming flesh and starts coming to exist 
and that's our confession and we speak it and i pray that everyone today who is making a prayer for a job your prayer is already answered i congratulate you for whoever you are praying for the job right now that i believe that god has already answered your prayer for your finances to be blessed for your job to be blessed and you would come back giving a testimony and praising god that's that's uh, that's the lord for me and i love jesus for this thank you jesus thank you brother thank you brother that is a true testimony of romans 828 all those that are praying for their job put an amen in the chat believe you have received it and come in agreement with that prayer that brother vivek has just made Now for me the revelation in this testimony was that you you know brother vivek was praying for a job here and here god said i shall use you and your hands to give others jobs now he's put him in that kind of a career he actually shifted his line and see the ways he works are as he just said the ways he works are high above our ways you can see it in embodiment here through this real life example he turns things around not only for our good but the good of others as well so wonderful testimony praise you jesus for that love you lord who else would like to share their testimony how the love of jesus has touched life the work that he is doing in their lives brother charan here yes charan i would like to thank the lord for this beautiful week and for a very tough week that i thought would go well anyway but the anyway turned out amazing because i could just feel the lord with me i could i could just feel that he's directing me to go and sit down open the bible and read and he talked to me through matthew 18 19 and that is my most favorite verse because i have begun to see miracles happen through that verse and the answered prayer it's just it just blows my heart away to think how the lord knows that you will be reading that and you will be um you know saying the scripture back to him and receiving the grace just because he loves you and he's faithful to you and he reminded me several times that you are being blessed not because you are faithful to me but because i am faithful to you and i thank him so much for that like it's i cannot explain how i feel when i'm deep in the spirit and the lord showing me something that i know is coming the unseen is just revealed to you when you're sitting and reading and talking to him and even if you're in any place you know any time and you're talking to him he's listening to you yeah. he's making you feel him through peace in your life no matter what storms are going around you you're sitting in the most stormiest place in the world and you you know in the most stormiest room in the in the whole um you know um environment you are in wherever you are and you're not feeling anything because you're sitting in the storm with the lord holding your hand and he's there and he's telling you you know i am here and you do not need to be afraid the words from isaiah is and and there's also I've got several times this week I've got uh, Isaiah 6022 which says at the right time I the Lord will make it happen whenever yes. I'm feeling anxious you know um I will read the word and I'll ponder on a little, little bit and then I'll I'll be directed back to Isaiah 6022 just be patient because you know my time is the best time 
and don't try to get over it because you're not going to reach where you need to be and I've already prepared it for you. See, I'm doing a new thing. It's already being done for you. Yes. So things have turned around for me in this week in a situation I've been so worried about. Um, I thought it would go from somewhere to, you know, somewhere else, but the Lord was holding it together and everything went as per his plan. And I thank him that even through those um, the trials that sometimes the mind is unable to cope with because the devil's trying harder when your blessings close. The devil is trying harder. Your breakthrough may be just around the corner, but he's trying harder and he's trying harder. And I'm rebuking it because I know that when I'm rebuking him, he has no place in my life, in my body, in my home. Absolutely cannot jump the hedge of protection because it's being filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit. So he just he just has no shot at it. So I have been I've been amazed by this week and I thank you, Jesus. You've brought me so much more than I can imagine from the 20th of May 2020, right up until now. I've been praying on this prayer group, on the Holy Spirit Brisbane prayer group. I couldn't recommend it any more than this to everyone, to your friends, to your family. Whoever wants to receive life, this is where you will find it in the word of God. I thank you and praise you, Jesus, for this powerful week from heaven. And for all that's coming, thank you in so much more advance. And with all of my heart, I'm so grateful. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, brother. Thank you very much. Thank you, sister, Stephen. for the testimony. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes, who wants to go next? Hello. Yes, Janet. Go ahead. Uh, hi. Um, I praise Abba Father. Thank you, Jesus and the Holy Spirit uh, for this day. Uh, last Friday, I was uh, at school. And I'm, I'm, at the moment, I'm working with the grade seven and eight students. As I was um, always looking for opportunity uh, to reach out to students. Uh, in US, you cannot talk about God in school. Somehow I found, uh, there's a testing going on. Somehow I found, um, after the test, the children were just watching movies and stuff like that in class. So I took the opportunity uh, to talk to a few students and uh, I noticed that their life is not in the right path. Um, I always carry, I confess boldly in my bag. And um, when I heard the conversation, I went nearby and I told them whatever they are doing is, uh, uh, is not what God wants. And so they asked, what is it? So I told them that uh, uh, we need to <clears throat> get right with God and uh, we need a proper guidance uh, from him for as you as you are looking forward to your future and whatever you are you two are doing is uh, not acceptable. 
So um, I I told them that um, our body is a temple of God, and um, I asked them to give. I gave them some scripture words, and then they ran behind me and asked, "We want to learn more. We want to learn more." So wow. I told them. um is there any way that um, i'm not supposed to do this but if you trust in the lord take the phone and take the uh, photo of the i confess boldly i have done many things uh, in the past to bring uh, people to god but never encountered with the little children 13 and 14 i have never been happy like this and uh, my heart was rejoicing and uh, i'm constantly looking for them whenever i see them they run and come and hug me and uh, at this point i'm asking uh, for for the brisbane group to pray for these type of children to get right with the lord and to change their life style so one thing i said jesus loves the sinners more and be all our sinners nobody is perfect and all i'm asking is just take one scripture and keep memorizing it and i gave them the analogy of uh, a bucket of dirty water and then once the clear water runs through it just the clear water is like the the word of god and it will slowly slowly the bucket will become clear just uh, as our heart will be full will be filled with word word of god so i am extremely thankful to jesus i bless uh, the brisbane group and um, you hear many things many Uh, many sermons and many things in many places uh, uh many opportunities have opened up however um i i am eternally grateful for this um uh, spain group and their faithfulness and i thank you jesus and uh, god bless all of you amen god bless you too amen thank you holy spirit this is his prayer group it runs by his name and his hand everyone else just has to follow instructions and fall in alignment that's what everyone else all of us do and we pray that we all are able to be that extension of his hand so that his kingdom come this was this kingdom come was a topic we reflected on our morning encounter with the lord as well this morning those that have missed it i encourage you to go online go on to our youtube channel or our podcast channel you'll find it there yeah praise god we have time for one more testimony who else would like to share their testimony of what hello brother hello. good evening yes i think it's brian yeah i'm brian yes yes brian go ahead Yes, brother. I wanted to thank God for helping me and gave me the strength in passing out my first year degree in BCom with good results. So uh, He has always helped me. I have always spoken to the Holy Spirit, and He always guides me. And without any tuition or help, 
I've uh, passed with my own hard work. So I really want to praise and thank God for this uh, marvelous thing that he has done to me. And I hope that he always, he'll always do it for me. I, I believe in that. So I just mm-hmm. want to praise and thank God and Mother Mary and all the guardian angels. Amen. Hold on to that belief and keep confessing that same statement. God is with me. Who can stand against me? I am successful in all my examinations, not only in my education, but in every area of my life. Yes, what you confess is what you own. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Praise God. Yes, who else? I think there was one more person that unmuted with him as well. Was it you, Veera? Yes, brother. Yes, brother. Yes, go ahead. Yes, brother. I'd just like to thank uh, the Lord for all his blessings on me and my family and especially connecting me to this powerful group that has really taught me to pray. And I would just like to testify uh, about my daughter who cleared her GAMSAR exam, that is the exam for entrance for the medical. And uh, yeah, because she was always, she always said, mom, it's very tough, it's very tough and it's very competitive. I I just gave her one scripture. I told her, you just keep confessing Philippines 4.13, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, I don't know whether she keeps saying it, but I believe that she says it and I say it for her. And uh, just on Tuesday in the evening, she was telling me, Mama, I feel really stressed because the, exa- the results will be out anytime. And I don't know. And I don't know next year what I will do. I told her it's already done. And everything is already, you have already cleared it. And on Wednesday, when I was driving to work, she calls me and she was so happy that she got the score, what she required to apply now. And she's put in her application. Uh, which she will be putting by the end of this month. And again, she was stressing that, you know, I will, I need to get an interview. I told her it's already done. Okay, we will just keep praising and thanking the Lord. And I remember the day when she had to give the exam. One day before that, during the rosary session, Sister Janela just lifted up all the children who were sitting for examination. And I I felt so blessed. I said, oh, this is the right group. Like, you know, like these are like my destiny helpers. I just wanted someone. And sister lifted all the children and her exam really went well. And therefore, I would encourage everyone to, you know, join the this group and the rosary and the morning encounter, which has really made, made a big difference in my life. I feel like joining in the rosary and in the morning encounter, it's like a quick fix. I just ask, I pray with everyone and it's done. So thank you, Jesus, for that. Thank you, Jesus. Let us always remember that the center of it all is Jesus. We need to focus on building our relationship with him. Well, that's where it all comes in. That's what the whole topic of the kingdom of God is about. He's at the center of it. Yes, yes. yes, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone else who would like to share their testimony? Yes, uh, Brother Russell, I'll go next. Yes, yes, go ahead. Um, yes, I would like to thank and praise God uh, for this week gone by and for the for the gift, first and all, for the gift of life, keeping me alive today. Uh, more importantly, for being part of this prayer group and putting a hedge of protection around 
all of us in the prayer group. And I really want to yeah. thank, praise God for this. Um, also, I want to thank and praise God for uh, opening the doors despite challenges, uh, opening the doors and making it possible for us to get an approval to come back to the church to have our prayer meetings in the future. I want to thank and praise God for that. Uh, I also want to thank and praise God uh, during this week uh, for helping us uh, overcome uh, tough challenges and battles in, in fighting uh, back uh, Satan's attack. Uh, through his made us uh, quite physically and mentally drained out uh, during the week. And Satan uh, attacks us through our family members and things that happen. So during the week uh, yesterday, um, my son uh, got a call from the school to pick him up from school. And when I went there, he was like in very high fever, almost 40 degrees uh, centigrade. And uh, he was unable to even, even stand. Um, and we prayed uh, together. And today he's, he's so much recovered that he's able to at least move around. Yesterday he, he couldn't even sit, sit down on the bed uh, after I got him from, from school. So I want to thank and praise God for that, for his healing um, and for delivering him for whatever is happening in, in his life. Also, I want to thank and praise God that uh, recently during the week um, that my son was uh, unjustly framed uh, for certain matters in the school that were against the, the school rules and, and policies at, at the school. Um, and we prayed that the truth, whatever the truth comes to light, and the truth was made known uh, to the school authorities. Um, I, want, I want to thank and praise God for that. Uh, and at, at this time, uh, that, that's at this time, uh, I also want to um, pray in a very special way, uh, similarly for all other uh, students, all other teenagers, all other youth, uh, adolescents, uh, that God blesses them. And uh, especially for those youth out there, teenagers, persons who are uh, who are confused in their life, you know, uh, and who are um, who are uh, dragged down different paths which are which does not align to the to to God's ways, and who get influenced very quickly. So I pray in a very special way for all of these youth across the world, for teenagers and adolescents, and 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 youth in in high school or colleges or universities across the world. I pray in a special way that God um, blesses them and that they open their hearts to the Holy Spirit to influence their lives so that their lives are run by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father, let this cry come unto you. Let your word reign in their lives. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'd like to add my testimony as well to that at the end there. Uh, my younger daughter, seven-year-old, has been unwell for the last two to three days. She's had um, cold, a runny nose. And two days ago, she had fever as well with that, with um, severe coughing, runny nose and fever. So the first thought that comes to mind for anyone at this time is, is that COVID. So when that thought started coming, the first thing we immediately started doing is I started rebuking and rejecting that. And I declared with my authority in the name of Jesus, believing I am seated with him in his seat of authority. So sitting from that positioning, I declared that there is no COVID in her body. If there is any other virus that exists there, that virus must die right now at this very moment. And that was um, on the way back from work coming back from work on that journey. And then when we came home in the evening, we just tested her and 
with, with that active, the test turned out negative. So I praise my God for that. He's the one that he's our protector. He's our guide. He's our maker. He looks after us. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for you are always with us. Thank you, Lord, who can be against us. Before we get into today evening's topic, just a couple of announcements as well. Um, as Brother Savio said, we have been blessed with this opportunity to go back into church. So we shall be going back into church every first Friday of the month, starting from June. So 4th June is the first time we shall be back in church where this Friday evening praise and worship, fellowship with the Lord uh, and with each other, testimony time and the Bible teaching will be run in, in person, live from uh, St. Dibna's Church in Aspley. We've been given the hall there, so we shall run it from the hall. Those that are in Brisbane and would like to attend in person, I'd like to welcome you back into the church. So we shall meet in that church every first Friday of the month, starting at 5.30 p.m. The second announcement is that healing session that we were due to have at the start of this month and then had to get postponed. That session is now being held on... Sorry, the, the, the Bible study session is Friday, 3rd June, not 4th June. So that's Friday, 4th June is a Saturday. And this healing session will be held on 4th June, which is the Saturday. Um, the session will be held at Saint at the hall at St. Gerard's Church. We shall put um, details of the venue on the Telegram group for those that are interested to join in person. The session will also be streamed live on Zoom. So those that are not in Brisbane would like to attend that uh, teaching on healing and then the healing and deliverance session at the end of it, uh, most welcome to join. So that will be starting at 9.30 a.m. Uh, Australian Eastern Standard Time will be 9.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. in the afternoon. So all are welcome to join in person or join via Zoom or on YouTube Live. Praise God. And if you are being blessed by... Now, your presence on this group with your prayer life being transformed, uh, just give this prayer group as a gift to someone. Share that link, the, the link for them to join this Telegram group. Let them join and let people post their prayer requests. Let them receive of the presence. We want their prayer lives to be run. That's the whole purpose of us running these uh, morning sessions, the rosary. It's for people's prayer life to be blessed that they start you know, receiving those new concepts that the Holy Spirit is pouring into our lives and they start using it. That's where our real testimony is, where you start using it and you start seeing the results of your own. It is not Brother Vivek, it is not me or it is not any other preacher anywhere in the world that does any kind of wonders. All that wonder comes from faith and Jesus. That's the only ingredient there. Everyone else can only facilitate it. They cannot give it. So we'd like you to have that and you can give this as a gift where you can stir up someone's faith and when they connect with Jesus and they believe on him, just as his word says, everyone that believes in their heart and confesses with their mouth, they shall be saved and they shall see wonders. So praise God for his, his mighty works that he's doing in this prayer group and in the lives of many other people around the world that believe on him. And saying that, let's now get into this evening's teaching and hopefully we shall finish on time as well. Just a quick recap now, we're doing the basic kingdom principles for prayer and 
We started off last week with Matthew 6, verse 33. That was, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Where seeking God has to be our first priority. We also touched upon prayer, the, the fact of prayer, that prayer is not a religious activity, but it is a legal activity. Giving God legal permission on legal ground to act on our behalf. Once you understand that, your prayer should touch from that legal angle. You say to God, I give you permission to act in my life. And then you realize and understand the authority that you have been given when you are seated with Christ in his throne of authority. That's what Ephesians 2 verse 6 tells you. We also touched on the concept of righteousness, which is not about being religious, which is not about being you know, connected in any way with any kind of group. It's more of uh, being in alignment with the government of God. You are either in alignment with his government or you are outside that alignment. And when we say government, it is his influence upon your life, his culture that is embedded into you and his values, his purposes that are put into you. And we either can be in alignment with that, which is when we are called righteous, or you fall out of alignment. We took the example of you know, breaking traffic signals as well last time, if you remember that. When you break that rule, then you fall out of alignment. You can cop a fine. So when you stick within that, then it's like a hedge of protection put around you. So we touched on the concept of hedge of protection there as well. And how by being in alignment with the word and being doers of the word is what keeps us within the confines of that righteousness. And the hedge of protection stays up as long as we are within that confines of obeying the word and falling in alignment with God's word. We also touched on protection by the blood of Jesus. The important concept there for us, we, we did an analogy about the blood of Jesus saving us as we pass through the blood, just like the Israelites passed through the Red Sea. And the highlight for me there, my personal reflection was where he pointed to me the fact that the walls of water were mentioned twice. Walls of water to the left and to the right. And now it's the blood of Jesus also to the left and to the right. In fact, another revelation he later added to me during the week when I was meditating back on it was, he said, plead the blood of Jesus over enemies as well, over your enemies. And I was drawn back to that scripture there in Exodus 14, where it says the Israelites walked through on dry ground, but the Egyptians were drawn into the middle of the Red Sea and they were drowned there. And he said, well, if the enemies are brought into the middle of it and that blood of Jesus is put on them, they are now like they would be in the middle of the Red Sea. So what happens to the enemy? What happens to the problem? What happens to that wickedness that has afflicted your life? It must drown there. And I thought, well, I can put the blood of Jesus on them as well. Because it distinguishes. And if there is repentance in their heart, they will be saved. But if there isn't, then at least we will still walk on dry ground and walk free. And they cannot chase us anymore. It's important to understand how to apply that blood, that power that is there in that blood of Jesus. So that's where we finished off last time. And let's continue with our second part today. Once again, with seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what he's really trying to say in that is seek to become a citizen of his kingdom. And then stay in his alignment with his government and in alignment with his government's laws. So if you do those two, two things, citizenship and obedience, 
then everything that you need will be added to you. That's the essence of uh, Matthew 6, verse 33. But now speaking of the law, when we break the law, then the accuser, Satan, comes to accuse us. The important thing to remember here is that God is sovereign over all and he is just. So he will give him a chance as well to speak. And that is why the accuser has the opportunity to speak against you and God will let him speak. But at the same time, God wants you to be defended. And he wants to give you a fair trial. So let's look at what he says in Isaiah 41, verse 21. This is in now. Brother Savio, can you please take us to Isaiah 41, verse 21? This is now God sitting on his seat of judgment. And there are two words that I would like, two parts there I would like to draw your attention to in that verse. So Isaiah 41, verse 21. It says, present your case, <clears throat> says the Lord. Set forth your arguments, says Jacob's king. So he's giving you a fair trial. Says, present your case, submit your arguments. In another version, actually, if you look at King James, it will say, present your strong, produce your strong reasons on why you should not be convicted. Does it sound like a courtroom? You have the accuser and you have the judge and the judge says, present your case. What have you got to say to this accusation? And when he says, present your case here, He's talking about prayer. Could that be a dimension of prayer that we are missing? Where every time we are accused, we are actually looking in the wrong place. Let's look at what John 10.10 says. And we don't need to go there, but John 10.10 clearly describes Jesus' purpose. He said, I came that you might have abundance. But the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He calls him a thief because he's stealing what is yours. Now, when you recognize what is yours, the only thing you could be saying and should be saying is, give it back. God has a plan for each of us. And then in Philippians 4.19, he says, he shall provide all our needs in accordance with his riches. So wherever we have fallen short, the price is paid, our abundance is reached. But when the thief comes to steal, and then you catch him stealing. Does that often happen in our life? He comes to steal, he actually steals, and on top of that accuses us. Does that sound familiar actually?
So you, when you ask, you should be asking for it with the authority and recognition that it is mine. You demand for it back in your prayer. And when you look back at this verse here, he says, present your case, produce your strong reason. The whole point for us there is to remember, to think, to prepare, to collate all your reasons, to collate your defenses, your impregnable, irrefutable reasons on why the judge must grant your request and deny the accuser. You fight like a lawyer and you can only fight like a lawyer when you have that scripture that is available to you. This is why the word of God becomes important in our prayer. See, you're talking about a legal circumstance here. When you look at it, even in the court of law, a lawyer quotes the penal code and the judge refers it and says, yes, that's correct. It's according to that penal code, what you are saying for your client is right. God as well gives us lawyers. He gives us Jesus, who is our advocate in heaven and interceding for us there. And he gives us the Holy Spirit, who is our advocate here on earth. To fight our case. But if we do not have a case, then Satan can accuse. And when you do not have defense, then you are out of alignment. You can't be this. You cannot go scot-free. But when you apply it in the correct way, then I'd like you to take a look at what Proverbs 6 verse 31 says. Brother Savio, can you please take us to Proverbs 6 verse 31? Here now we're talking about the thief who came to steal what is rightfully yours. You identified him through your discernment. You caught him. You spoke against him. You presented your strong case. That's the power of what your prayer can achieve, actually, when you pray it correctly. Proverbs 6, verse 31. Yet, if he is caught, he must pay sevenfold. Though it cost him all the wealth of his house. So this is what the word says about a thief. You see in verse 30, he's talking about a thief who steals. So what about the thief from John 10, 10 then? It is the same court of law. That same thief who came to steal, kill and destroy your life must pay you back seven times. Are you getting the value and the power that your prayer can actually bring? See, that's how favor starts to transform if you can identify and turn things around. So what are you going to do about it is what you need to consider in your prayer. That is where the importance of studying the word is. Hosea 4 verse 6 says, you suffer because you do not know what belongs to you. You suffer for the lack of knowledge. And he was really referring to your understanding of the word where you are not able to, def to defend yourself against the accuser. You do not know what is in the book of law. You do not know what is the truth. So how shall that truth set you free then? It's important for us to find scriptures that are pertaining to our challenge and speak it. And we've seen in these testimonies where brothers and sisters have used scripture, they've spoken it, and there is transformation, there is renewal, but there is also freedom. 
bring forth your strong reasons. Make your demand. And when we say make your demand, we do not beg. The accuser has to stand trial. He cannot stand trial by you begging. He can stand trial by you presenting your case and making your demand. The other thing to remember is that God is a fair judge. He will always give both a fair trial. And if your case is weak, then you will end up with unanswered prayer. Are you seeing the reasons why our prayer is not being answered? We're saying, God, give me a job. God, give me a job. We're saying, sorry, that's not the right case. I can't find it in my book of law. So if I do not find the reference for it, how will I grant it? And Satan says, well, you've done something wrong, so you don't deserve to get that job. He could be a liar there. But if we do not know what is written in our favor, we can't get it. And the important thing there in prayer is use your advocates. A lot of us depend on a range of other advocates, except the two that are legally given to us. Jesus seated at the right hand of God interceding for us. The Holy Spirit, our advocate, given here on earth, our comforter, our guide, our teacher. You have to use the best advocates available first. Give them permission to act on our behalf. That is why prayer is legal authority. They can plead your case for you then. Victory in this circumstance is not random. It is not by chance. It is always intentional. And if we know how to do it, then you can reproduce results again and again. That is where when in James 5 verse 16, he says the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous one. Underline that word. Righteous one doesn't mean one who doesn't sin. Righteous one means one who's come in alignment with God's ways and will. And we come in alignment through the blood of Jesus, not by our actions. Your prayer must be heartfelt. You must be in that right positioning with God. And then it must be effectual, fervent, backed by 100% faith, 0% doubt, 0% fear. Not contaminated. You plead your case with passion. And if one scripture didn't bring an answer, what will you do? You will find another scripture. You keep going. You persist, you insist. Effectual, fervent prayer. Keep your fervents. Do not give up. I'd like to draw our attention to this very same verse. Um, let us go back to um, the Sabbath, or let us take us first to Isaiah 1, verse 18, and then we'll go back to Isaiah 41, verse 21 again. To Isaiah 1, verse 18 first. Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. 
Which version are you looking at? Is this NIV? This is, yes, this is NIV. Can you take us to, I don't know whether that's K, KJV maybe? Sure. There's another version that says, come now, let us reason together. Come now and let us reason together, said the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be like, though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Now I'd like you to hold on to that first part there that says, come now, let us reason together. And bearing that in mind, let us go back to that verse, Isaiah 41, verse 21. And I think we'll stay on King James. As you'll see, slightly different words there where he says, bring your strong reasons. Now I'd like you to see the two different angles that God positions himself at in that quote when he says those words. Produce your cause, said the Lord. Bring forth your strong reasons, said the king of Jacob. You see the first part there. He says, produce your cause, says the Lord. Now this is the judge speaking. And then the second part is, Bring forth your strong reasons. We saw in Isaiah 1.18, he says, come, let us reason together. Now, who's saying this? This is not the Lord, not the judge saying it. This one is the king of Jacob. The king, Jacob is Israel, the people. This is the king of the people saying, bring your strong reasons. So he's supporting you and your cause there as the king. But at the same time, he's standing on the other side as a just judge. They are not one and the same. You have the Lord advising us. On one side, he's the judge. and the other side, it's that father who is the king of Israel. Now, there are a few. Um, I'd actually like to touch on next on the, the, the weapons in our prayer, the weapons of warfare that we would use in our prayer life. It's fighting the enemy. And the, the important thing there is, he says, come prepared or stay prepared at all times. So when you're stating your case with passion, making it a demand, the enemy will come back to attack. So we need to stay prepared at all times. And he gives us the way to be prepared, he says, I give you the armor, which is given to us in Ephesians 6. We see that in verse 10 to 18. I just like to touch on what that armor really means for us and how we can use it in our daily prayer life. And a lot of it is primarily, again, focused and based on and brings us back to the word of God. Brother Saibu, can you take us to the to the words, uh, to Ephesians 6, to the verses of 10 to 18. We'll read from verse 10 to verse 18. 
Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the vials of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Yes. So a little while ago, we saw in Isaiah 118, he said, come now, let us reason together. When you've identified your vulnerabilities, he's given you advocates, but now at the same time, he's saying here, take this armor as well, so that you can protect yourself from future attacks. The evil one cannot point a finger at you again. The accuser cannot point again. That is positioning. But on the other side is when you have your defenses put up, then they cannot attack. So it's important for us to understand that courtroom side of prayer. Now this is your personal protection, your personal battle, your defense. And the reason he says that is we wrestle against principalities and power. Now wrestling is not something where you see like modern day warfare, they shoot from cannons a distance afar. Wrestling is hand-to-hand, man-to-man, full body contact fight up close and personal with the enemy. That kind of battle he's talking about. He says, you need that armor. So let us go line by line. Can you scroll a little further up, Savio? So we'll start with where we started at verse 10. And let's look at what are the things he's really talking about there. The first he says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Stay connected with him. Without his presence, even prayer cannot work. And if you actually listen to some of the top preachers like uh, Pastor Benny, and there's one of his most controversial statements is, there is no power in prayer. He says, if there was power in prayer, well, 
people that follow any and every other religion also pray? How come there is no miracles? There is no salvation that comes to them. There is salvation coming only from one, that is Jesus. Without his presence, even prayer has no power. We need to remember that in our life. Many a times when we are praying also, oh, Brother Savio, or Brother Vivek gave a scripture, we are firing that scripture without connecting with him. It is he who will make that scripture alive and make it take effect in your life. That connection with him is first and most important. And then we move on to verse uh, 11 where he tells us, put on the whole armor and he's given us that purpose there so you can stand against all the pranks, all the wiles of the enemy. But verse 12 is where he's warning us we wrestle. Now I said that's a close contact battle. So they are up close to you. And when you look at it, it's a battlefield in your mind and in your body. That's your battlefield. It's that close. That's how that wrestling is. They come with thoughts. They come with suggestions. They come with temptations. Last week, we saw the five main ways in which the enemy tries to attack. The majority of it is through thoughts, through suggestions, through ideas. And if you cannot discern that that is an attack on you, then your guard is down and you are you know, vulnerable, can immediately be attacked. So the important thing is saying, recognize that you are not fighting against people. So you won't see them. These kind of things you won't see. You have to discern by spiritual sense. The people sometimes are used to attack you as well. Your own family members may be used, friends, work colleagues may be used. It is important for us to recognize that we are not fighting that person. They are like you, vulnerable, and are being used by the enemy to bring that wickedness on your life. So when you fight, you wrestle against the source, not the other person, not the medium. Wrestle against the source. He says, then he goes on to say, you are fighting against principalities, powers, hierarchies of authority in the spirit. When you are wrestling against them, even though they are positions of authority, principalities, powers, they are all hierarchies, they are positions of authority in the spiritual realm. The important thing for us to remember is, where are you seated? Ephesians 1 verse 20 tells us that we are seated in the heavenly places. The Christ is seated in heavenly places. And in Ephesians 2 verse 6, we are seated with him. Far above all principality, above all power, above might, above dominion in every other name. I think we should take that verse, Brother Savi. Ephesians 2 verse 6. I'd like you to have a close note of what it says word by word. And had raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So your position is in him and he is seated at the right hand of the father. The position of authority. That is where you are. Now when you look at every other principality, every other power, every other hierarchy... 
all comes beneath that position, nothing that is comparable to his position either. You carry the authority of that position. It is important for us to remember our position and use that when we pray. That is where your authority is established. That is where there is power in your prayer. When you pray with that understanding of where you are and the authority that is given to you, never be afraid of that enemy who tries to scare you. His tactics are only to scare. But when you are aware of what authority you have and who you are, what is your identity, that you are the adopted son of God and you are seated with Christ. And then when you speak with that authority and you use his name, the name that is above every other name, then your word becomes the word of Christ. When you speak his word. Now when you quote scripture, that scripture carries every authority and power and it must be fulfilled. That is where the difference comes. That is where you turn battles around. And then the next thing is put on your armor so that you may resist. You may withstand the enemy. Remember James 4 verse 7. He didn't say, he said, submit to God, resist the devil and he shall free from you. We resist like Jesus resisted. When he was tempted in the wilderness after fasting, the devil said, if you are the son of God, turn these into bread, turn these stones into bread and you can eat them. And Jesus was very hungry. The Bible says he was hungry. But he resisted by saying, it is written, I shall stick to what is written. I am not going to fall out of alignment with what is written in the law of God. What is written and falls in alignment with God's government. Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness. That's exactly what he was doing when he said, it is written. I hope you are getting that. And then when you start using it in your prayer, then your eyes start to become big as well. Because that realization dawns, that revelation comes in. And when that revelation comes and you pray with that revelation, then there is power in prayer. Because it is now backed by his presence and an understanding of his word. Now let's go back. Brother you might have to press the back button on your browser. And let's go back to the, the armor of God and start looking at the uh, individual pieces that were mentioned in there. Ephesians 6, I think it's from verse 13. Yeah, you don't need to. Yeah, don't, you don't need to read it. I'll just have it on screen so that people can look at it. But at the same time, I'll just go through each of those different elements of the armor. And the first one he talks about is tightening the belt of truth. To cling more tightly to the word of God. The word of God is the truth. And usually when you look at these Roman soldiers of the old times, they wore a belt to, so that it held their tunic in place and that tunic did not come in the way to obstruct their feet at the time of battle. That was one use of it. The second thing was all the other tools that they used in their battle, like their sword and all that, hung from this belt. So it was vital and held everything together tightly around their waist. The enemy will try to sow doubt. Try to bring obstruction, fear, lies, 
everything that he can do in your way. It is important for you to tighten your belt. Cut it off by saying it is written. You hold on to the truth. He says, buy the truth and sell it not. Hold on to it. When you acquire it, do not ever leave it. That is what it means by sell it not. Tighten it around your waist and keep it on at all times. Romans 8 verse 36 and 37 says, In our battles we are considered like sheep. Sheep being led to a slaughter. And yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. In our battles, we are considered like sheep being led to the slaughter. And yet in all of these things, we are considered more than conquerors. When nothing seems to be working in your life, when you feel like you're a sheep being led to the slaughter, you tighten your belt. You declare, my breakthrough is on the way. It is coming because God is faithful. That is what his word says. He is ever faithful. So I do not doubt. I do not fear. I tighten my belt. I buy the truth that is associated with it. I do not leave it. I stick and I hold on to it until I see my breakthrough. The belt of truth. The next one he talks about is the breastplate of righteousness. So that's the second part of verse 14 now. The breastplate of righteousness. What is he really talking about there? When these Roman soldiers of that time wore a breastplate, it was generally to cover the, the front of their chest and their back, both, to protect the vital organs that are covered inside there, especially the heart, so that they were saved from any kind of penetration like arrows, swords, the heart. Protect your heart. That is where your emotions, your intellect and your will sits. We also call it the soul or the mind sometimes. From where we think intellectually, where we decide based on our will and where our emotions sit. And that's where decisions on righteousness or wickedness are made. So that breastplate is made of that part of the word and the gospel that actually becomes real to you. The one that you believe in and the one that you understand. That is what protects your heart, your thoughts, your emotions, your intellect. What you do not understand cannot protect you. That word must become real to you. That is why studying, meditating, chewing on it, digesting that word is very important. You do not just finish your daily prayer, your daily rosary and read two passages and shut that book of law. Meditate on it and try and understand what is God trying to say to me here? Why is this so important? How is it connected with my life? Ask him to reveal it to you. When that revelation comes, when he gives you wisdom and understanding, he says, in all you're getting, get understanding. Why? For this. So that now you have a solid breastplate of righteousness that protects your heart. Psalms 119 verse 11 says, I have hidden your word. This is David speaking now. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. When that word is hidden in your heart, the 
breastplate of righteousness comes on top of it. When you become a doer of that word and you do it just like he said here, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin. You don't sin against him anymore. You stand within the right positioning, alignment with his will and his word. Protecting that heart becomes important. Protect your heart when the devil accuses you. Don't give him that chance to accuse in the first place. When you protect your heart and you are able to discern his moves because the word is now hidden there, you are able to compare it against that mirror. Wash your thoughts with that word and then discern that what is being whispered in your ear is a lie, is a trap, is a snare. You use the righteousness of Christ hidden in your heart by saying, it is written. That breastplate of righteousness. The next one is taking short number verse 15. Your feet short with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, Roman foot soldier in those days wore military-grade sandals that were called Caligai. Brother Savio, do you have that image that I've shared with you? Are we able to share that on screen? Yeah, just a minute. If you need to open it from email or something, I can also share it. It will take a while. But yeah, while he's sharing it, I might just go a little further into that. They wore these military-grade sandals that were called Caligai. So those were thick-soled, they were durable, and they lasted for, because they had to last for long marches. These were foot soldiers that kept walking on end. Yeah, see, that's an image of what they sort of looked like. And as you note underneath there, if you see on top, they were wrapped perfectly around the feet so that it's a proper fit, and it held tightly onto the foot, protecting it. But at the same time, it had these little spikes under. They were called hobnails. And they were generally for better grip on a rough terrain and for support. So when you say feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, you're talking about that gospel which becomes that strong support wrapped around your foot strongly so that when you step out, you are sure-footed, you are firm-footed. You're not shaky. There is no element of doubt. You step out like a spiritual warrior, prepared for those long journeys. Footwear that is thick-soled and durable, that will last those long marches. Strong in your conviction and you stand your ground. You are unmovable by the lies of the enemy. Now he might say to you, you do not have time for God. And so he will not bless you. He might say to you, you are no good. Or still further, he might condemn you outright for the mistakes that you have made. That often happens when we wear this and we try to step out. Because human as we are, we might tend to make mistakes. And I'd like us to remind ourselves of that one verse that Jesus gave us as Romans 8 verse 1. We should always remember this at all times. Which says, there is now no condemnation for those 
who are in Christ. So no matter what the accuser points towards you in his finger, you must remember this verse. Now how do we resist? By saying, it is written. Being justified by faith, we have peace with God. There is no condemnation. We hold on to that gospel of peace and that gives you peace of mind. And then you move forward sure-footed in that confidence. If you have made a mistake, you repent and come back into the Father's house, wear the gospel, shod your feet again and step out again. God said to the Israelites, I am giving you this land to possess. It is for you to take. If you don't take it, the enemy will. We must stand sure-footed and move forward, never backwards. And then when you keep shooting lies of doubt, of fear at you, you hold on to the faith. That is what we see next. Can we return back to our scripture? Thank you, Brother Savio. When you keep shooting those lies at you, you know what you are wearing. You are carrying the gospel of peace. The other thing is take the shield of faith. Wherewith you shall be able to quench all those fiery darts of the wicked one. Those darts are meant to bring fire, stir up something. Especially when we look at you know, sicknesses, when we look at um, other reports at workplace, relationships, where the doctors say there is no hope. Or it looks like certain kinds of problems, financial problems especially, will swallow you up. They will swallow you whole. Even if everyone stands against, we need to hold our shield of faith. Satan can influence your mind, but he can't read it. You must understand that difference now. He can influence your mind, but he can't read it. So he doesn't know what's going on. You have the opportunity to renew, just as Romans 12 verse 2 says. Do not conform, do not give in. Renew your mind by remembering what Jesus said in Matthew 28 verse 20. He said to you, Lo, I am with you always. I am with you always, even unto the end of time. So hold on to that shield of faith. If he has told you where those shoes shod, in the gospel of peace and march on, then this verse is also true. Matthew 28 verse 20, because that's where he's giving you the instruction to say, go forth to the ends of the world and make disciples of men. And before that, before sending you, he's saying, lo, I am with you always. Hold on to your shield of faith. For he who is sending you is faithful. Now, how do you hold it up? Faith comes Romans 10 verse 17, faith comes by hearing and then hearing by the word, the revelation that comes from the word of God. Hear it, believe it, confess it. What you confess, that you will possess. I said it earlier as well during the testimonies. We have to keep confessing. First hear it, believe it, digest it, understand it, confess it, possess it, own it. And then last one 
is the helmet of salvation. Take the helmet of salvation and you start thinking like a Christian. A born again, a saved kingdom citizen who feeds on the word, is alive in the spirit and is aware of what his status is, what his identity is as a saved one. One who recognizes his authority. One who is alert. One who does not let any kind of new thinking, any suggestions that, that seek to distract that new thinking that is now given to him through the born-again experience. He does not let that be distracted. Whatever he's gaining by the word, the understanding he has received, he does not let that be stolen anymore. The devil will come to steal. You stay focused, you wear your helmet, protect your thoughts. Do not let him poison your mind. Remember, he comes through suggestions, through temptations, through lies, and through doubt. All of that happens in the battlefield of your mind. That is why he says, wear your salvation on your head. Know who you are. Know and remember that you are saved. Remember Romans 8.1, there is now no condemnation in Christ. You hold on to all these things. So when you stay focused, then you do not conform to the ways of the world. Romans 12.2 But you are transformed by renewing your mind based on the word. And you protect that renewed mind by this helmet. So what is in stays in. What is out does not come in. What is in does not go out. And when you keep renewing your mind through the word, through studying the word, then what 1 Corinthians 2 verse 16 says starts to become slowly true. You have the mind of Christ. And you adopt his philosophy you adopt his thinking patterns, you study it, you confess it, you possess it. We wear the helmet of salvation. And lastly, then in that second part of verse 17, he says, the sword of the spirit. Now, if you look at all of the others, they were all protective gear so far, including up until the helmet. The sword is the only one that is for attacking the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And we have seen in Hebrews 4.12, this is a double-edged sword, which can cut from both ends. You use that weapon of the truth to fight, to cut through lies, to cut through fear, to cut through deception, to cut through any kind of theft on your destiny. He cannot come to steal, kill and destroy when you wield your sword and you become that scripture speaking, sword wielding Christian who has the mind of Christ that wears his armor and stands with feet sure-footed on strong ground, sturdy. Word-based thinking and righteousness, wearing the righteousness of Christ. That's where your power sits. And then finally, in the last verse we see there in verse 
uh, 18, he says, praying continuously at all times. You are praying in good times and in bad times. It's not only when bad times and then once we receive the solution, we say, thank you, God, see you later. Pray continuously at all times. Praising, interceding, persevering, raising petitions. Not just for us. He says supplications. He persevere with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Saints here refers to all God's people. They are called saints. Raise petitions as in be an intercessor for all of God's people. Or why should we start with thanking and praising him when we pray? Because Psalms, you see, you need to understand how to first come into his presence. And then when we are in his presence, we bring forth our strong cases. You speak. is under that authority when you are seated with him. So Psalm 100 verse 4 says, how do we get into that position? Psalm 100 verse 4 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart. So we start our prayer, entering into his presence with thanksgiving in our heart. It says, enter his courts with praise. So from the gates, we move to the courts by starting to praise. So first you start your prayer with thanking him. Then you get into praising him. And it says God dwells in the praises of his people. We've seen that earlier, Psalm 22. So enter his courts with praise. Now you are coming into his presence. The next level then in the tabernacle is the holy of holies. The blood of Jesus is what gives us entry into the holy of holies. We use that proper approach in our prayer. We come into his presence. That's getting into the presence. And you make or you present your strong cases. But at the same time, now he says, at all times be prepared. So when you are making your prayer, your supplication at all times, simultaneously you are wearing your armor as well. We do not wait. There's, there's four key things actually uh, that I want to highlight here. You do not wait for a, for a spiritual attack to then activate and wear your armor. You wear it at all times. So he says praying at all times. You wear your armor at all times. We are battle ready. It should be inseparable from you. It should be your nature. That's how your head stays up. When you live on the basis of the word, you keep it on the all the time. The second thing is, it is spiritual armor. It is not physical armor. It's not like a bodysuit. So you can't put that on someone else. We can pray for their protection, but the armor must be put by ourselves based on what the word says to us and how real that has become to us, our own understanding of it. That's when you apply that armor. You don't just wear it, you apply it. That's how that armor works. The third thing I want to highlight there is fear can open the door. Unforgiveness can also open the door. But let's face it, the enemy doesn't need an open door to attack. He can strike when we least expect it. And he keeps coming back again and again and again. So if you think I once shoot him away, he will not come back. You're sadly mistaken. 
the frequency can vary. He's very patient. Remember, he has also lived for ages. He's not as young as we are. The, the enemy has extreme patience. And all he wants is to find that weak point in your timeline so that he can introduce the seed of doubt. So if you have once resisted the devil and he has fled from you, do not rest on your victory. He says in the verse 18 above, we see that pray at all times. Stay alert. Like Peter says in, in 1 Peter 5 verse 8, he says, be alert and sober at all times. Keep growing in the spirit. That's the only way. The only way for us is to move forward. Do not stay where we are and do not disarm ourselves. This is why we have to live in the battle-ready state at all times. Walk with the spirit who can warn us on, of impending attacks. Jesus wore that same armor as well. If you look at Isaiah 59, verse 16 and 17. Brother Savio, can you take us to Isaiah 59, verse 16 and 17? This talk about him wearing the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet. And then he becomes our intercessor. So if he wore that armor, I'd like each of us to remember that we should be wearing it at all times as well. And so yeah, go ahead, please. And he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him and his righteousness, it, sust it sustained him. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and an helmet of salvation upon his head. And he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. You see, he put on the righteousness. He put on righteousness as a breastplate. So verse 16 is talking about God saw that there was no man, so he sent his own. His own arm means his right hand, Jesus. And he, Jesus, put on the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation. So he wore armor as well at all times. We need to wear and live with that armor on at all times. And when we pray, then the next thing for us to do is when we pray and we discern situations, attacks, we need to use spiritual intelligence when we pray. Now, when we think of that, the Bible consists of principles, promises, and prophecies. We are studying the government of God. When we are following his laws and his rules, we come under his government. When we come under his government, then all of his principles and his prophecies become applicable to us. So you must study to receive and understand 
what are those principles and laws that are applicable laws are just like now law of gravity when you throw an apple or a stone or anything from the air it must fall to the ground so the law generally means that it it prescribes the pattern in which certain things must happen so if you qualify for those principles to apply in your life by coming under his government by coming within his kingship under his rule then everything that is written in that book of law those rules must become real and true and apply to your life if you can understand them on what are those principles that he is giving us and if we know and learn how to use them then prayer will not just be a breakthrough where it happened one time because brother vivek prayed for me but if i understand how to pray that same way i can pray the same thing again and again 10 times and get the same result 10 times the same positive outcome 10 times that is what it means by that law that law is true every single time it is used and if you understand these laws in the book then you can use spiritual intelligence to overturn certain circumstances that attack your life simply by knowing what is the cause of that circumstance what is the solution that the book of law prescribes to overturn it let me use it exactly how the book says i should use it and it must overturn that is use of spiritual intelligence can you take us brother savio to 2 peter 1 I'd just like to look at verses three to five. And in the the important verse among those is verse five, but verse three and four give you context. According as his divine power had given unto us all things. that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that had called us to glory and virtue whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust and besides beside this giving all diligence add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge can we look at um what is this king james okay is this king james can you take us to uh, amplified yeah sure the words in in verse 5 are slightly different they talks about applying your diligence that's what i'm really looking for just just read word verse 5 don't read all of those you can highlight highlight all of them but just read the fifth one only for this very reason applying your diligence 
to the divine promises make every effort in exercising your faith to develop moral excellence and in moral excellence knowledge as insight and understanding as you see so from verse 3 is talking about his divine power bestowing on us on us the the authority bringing us into the kingdom and then you see on in verse 4 is talking about his precious and magnificent promises that are contained in the word it is through those that we might escape from uh, immoral uh, activity things that can bring us disrepute and then we become divine sharers but the important verse here that i'd like to highlight when we talk about spiritual intelligence is you apply your diligence your discernment on those verses that are given the divine promises that are given there in the word and you make every effort to exercise your faith based on your understanding of that word so then what happens is you develop moral excellence you fall within the alignment of that word and you utilize it with knowledge with insight with understanding you become a doer of that word you start to apply the principles that you have learned you exercise your faith you must step into favor that's the difference now some examples of that i might just quickly run through in the interest of time um just to give you an example of you know what what the word says this proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6 and i usually pray it verse 6 first and then verse 5 because verse 6 says acknowledge the lord in all your ways and he shall direct your path and then verse 5 says oh, can we take that brother savior yes the important thing is acknowledging him so when we are starting something new he says involve me in it in this morning session if you look at those who attended it you look at we touched on thy kingdom come and we said he said give me your heart in that and the important thing is it's not about giving him everything it is about bringing everything under his influence so you involve him at the start acknowledge him in all your ways right from the start not when the problem happens at the end then there is only repair work that he can do because the damage in part may already have been done to some extent you will be salvaged but there could be some losses but if you acknowledge him at the start then he will direct your path and then verse 5 says trust in the lord and do not rely on your limited insight or understanding our human insight and understanding is limited so when you are starting anything new the principle spiritual intelligence to use here is involve him at the start one we already touched on earlier was proverbs 22 verse 3 where we said he inhabits the praises of his people so when you want his presence to be there you are in a difficult situation what do you do you start praising you bring him in when you start praising you attract you attract his attention he must show up that is the best way to bring his presence in any difficult circumstance and then you acknowledge him and you use this verses that you have on screen lord i need you to direct my path i acknowledge your presence here you are with me i place it and i surrender it all into your hands i ask you to show me the way ahead that can be your prayer 
another one is uh, Joel 2 verse 26 verse 27 and then verse 32 where he says anyone who believes in him shall not be put to shame are you seeing but those who call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered are you seeing how when you are on the verge of being put to shame you can use that principle anyone who believes and calls on the Lord shall not end up in shame you use that, you use the principles that you gain from the Holy Spirit where he reveals and makes those real to you and you then note them as spiritual intelligence, you use them. Likewise, there are others that we uh, look at about finances. There's Malachi 3 verse 10 to 12. Tithing can rebuke the devourer, can cause God to rebuke the devourer can cause him to open the floodgates of heaven. To pour out such a huge blessing, he says, and he says on top of that, test me in that. That he's giving you as a principle on top of that, challenging you, test me and see if that will happen or not. This is God saying that. Likewise, he says in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 9. Brother Sahib, can we look at 2 Corinthians 9 verse 9? There are just few key things, but these are only a handful of them. As you keep reading the word and you identify these, you should make a note of them in a book somewhere. When he reveals to you that this is a principle you can use, make a note of it. Identify the circumstance where it must be used. When you face that or someone else faces it and you are to intercede for them, that's where you open your book and say, what is the principle for this? What is the answer to this solution? Yeah, let's look at this one now. See here he says, he scattered his gifts abroad. He gave to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. And I've seen this as an example where I've studied many families and I wondered what is the reason for some families who have nothing extraordinary about them and yet they're experiencing abundance. And in most of those cases, I have found when you look up one generation or two generations ahead, their parents or their grandparents, they were givers. What this word says on your screen, they did exactly that. They were givers. And when they gave to the poor, it is their righteousness that has carried forward and produced abundance in their generations down the line. Do you see why it is important for us to give as well? That secures the future of our children tomorrow. Not just them, it is for you as well. You scatter your gifts to the poor. Your righteousness endures forever. This is the word of God. This is his law, not mine. He backs it up with his integrity. He has exalted his word above his name. That's what Psalm 138 says. He will not go back on his word. And then Proverbs 3 verse 9, Brother Savio. You can use this spiritual intelligence in spiritual warfare circumstances to block the enemy from stealing, from killing, and from destroying from you. 
by using some of these common principles. And he must flee. He will get tired and flee. See here in Proverbs 3 verse 9, it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your crops. And then verse 10 says, I'd like you all to just read it to yourself. Then your barns, your storehouse, your bank balance, your assets, whatever that barn, that store looks like for you in your modern day circumstance, that will be abundantly filled and your vats will overflow. Your projects that you are undertaking must overflow with the new wine. We identify the principle. We do what it says. Verse 9 is telling you what you must do. Verse 10 tells you the outcome of following that law, like the law of gravity. You drop it from verse 9, verse 10 shows you where it will drop. And then there is another one, Hebrews 7, verse 7. I think I'll just use that as the last one. This is by far the most important principle that I have seen so far that we must use for our progress. Yet it is beyond all dispute that the lesser person is always blessed by the greater one. He says it is beyond dispute, means there is no, no possible argument there at all. It is beyond all arguments. It has been settled. This is the line drawn that the lesser person is always blessed by the greater, which means honor. It is up to us to honor someone that is greater than us. Many times we are dishonoring people in our lives and we wonder why something is going wrong somewhere else. Starting with dishonoring our parents and then we wonder why our work is not progressing, why our health is challenged. They may look unrelated, absolutely, but that's how the spiritual world works. But honor can close, dishonor can close doors and at the same time, honoring people can open doors. Honor is not about just respect. Honor is about gratitude. It's about having the right attitude towards them. Honor is about acknowledging and recognizing that which is upon their lives. When we follow things like this, certain principles that God has given, then we are automatically building our hedge of protection around us. When we are breaking those rules, we are dropping down our hedge and giving the enemy vulnerability on our, on our end to come and attack. It's like you going into war without your armor. All we need to do is obey that law, stay in alignment, in right positioning with God's government. The hedge of protection automatically stays up. That's what happened with Job as well. And we saw that last time. Satan said, I can't attack him because you have put, he said to God, you have put that hedge around him. And if you look at the starting of that book of Job, it says Job was a good and honest man. He followed all the laws 
and all the rules and regulations. So why wouldn't his hedge be up? And if that is the way it is, then why can't your hedge be up? That should be our prayer, Lord. Grant me the grace. Show me the way how to live in accordance with your will and your word. Reveal to me in your word what are the areas of my life that are in darkness, that are outside without protection, that I might bring them within your protection. And we can use spiritual intelligence then to fight. Lastly, I'll just talk on kingdom mindset in prayer. It's important to remember that mindset, have that mindset when we are making our prayer. There are a few dot points I've noted. I'm just quickly going through them. Remember that you were created to rule things. That's what Genesis 1 verse 28 is about. You were created to rule things, not to pursue them. Stop chasing things. Be a God chaser, not a thing possession chaser. We saw that um, this morning as well. Was it today or was it yesterday in, in our morning encounter? Be mindful of your position in the kingdom, not be a chaser of possessions, things. Second thing is you were not created to work for those things. You were created to steward them, to manage them, not work for them. Are we praying with that mindset of, Lord, give me this, give me that? Or are we praying from the mindset of, Lord, you have set me to manage it. What do you want me to do? How am I going to manage it better? And when you put those two together, the important thing to remember is whatever you prioritize in your life that you will pursue or seek. What are you seeking in your life? Jesus said only one thing. He said, seek first. Top priority, number one on your list, the kingdom of God. And then all these other things that you have on your list that you had actually put above him, now you move them down. All those things will be added unto you. What are you seeking first? Where is your priority? Are we engaging in idolatry in any way? Think again. If we put him second and something else first, that's where our heart is. And God is saying, like we saw this morning, give me your heart. Proverbs 23, verse 26. He says, give me your heart. The other thing to remember, number four, is that you are the steward, not the owner. God made man and he gave man stewardship to manage the earth. A lot of time we think this is mine. That is mine. I own it. I have got it out of my own abilities. Think again. Everything that you have will stay here. It is only we who are born, live, die and go away. Everything else, the earth stays where it is. It is only during our life that we have the authority, the right, the permission by the King of Kings to steward the things that he gives us. Now, what are we really pursuing? Are those things or is it him? Seek ye first. 
be focused on that position and not possession. Position refers to position of righteousness. Positioning in a position of righteousness with his government. We are aligned with him. That alignment can come through the blood of Jesus when we are saved. Through him we are made righteous. Standing in that position then you pray. Now when you pray, you need to pray with a provision mindset, not a poverty mindset. Oh God, I'm suffering, give me this. And it's his word in Philippians 4.19 says, my God shall, this is Paul saying, who knows his God very well. He's saying, my God shall provide all your needs in accordance with his riches. Are we praying with that mindset? Did Jesus pray with a poverty mindset? He was teaching on the hill. There were 5,000 people there. And he needed to feed them. The disciples said, we don't have anything except this one boy has five loaves and two fish. They only looked at the physical resource. Jesus looked at it and said, my father's pantry is overfull. Let the people sit. Renewing our mind and praying with a provision mindset. He saw the 12 baskets full that remained at the end. After that was distributed. We need to be praying with that same provision mindset. Renewing our eyes to see from the spiritual. Not what is in the physical. That mindset forms a very important part of our prayer. It is probably the difference between seeing results and not seeing results. Or praying big and praying small. And lastly, I'll just wrap up by summarizing where we started. Seek the kingdom by seeking the king. When we say, we reflected on this this morning as well, and when we say in our prayer, in the Lord's prayer, thy kingdom come, we must, we want his kingdom to come. We want to come under his influence. And he says that is possible when you seek me with all your heart. That's Jeremiah 29 verse 13. Seek me with all your heart. Give me your heart. What does he really mean there? The center of the kingdom is not an organization, but it is a person. God is a person. When you look towards him, he looks after you. Our focus should be on him, to involve him in everything right from the start, stay connected with him, then use all the tools of trade that he has given us, our weapons of warfare, through the word, and you are able to step in that abundance. Jesus said, I came in John 10, 10, I came that you might have abundance. And when we look at Genesis 1, 28, God said, let them have dominion. So you're talking about abundance. And dominion, that is what he wants you to have. We can only have it when we are in that kingdom. So that all the provision that is made available in that kingdom, which is the abundance and the dominion, that can then be given to us as our legal right. Seek first his kingdom. And then all these things that you have in mind shall be added unto you. I hope this session is, this, this two-part session has blessed you in, 
in some revelations maybe and it can if it can um, influence your prayer life it has it has opened your eyes to seeing a new way in which you can pray command demand and speak with authority then i would say the kingdom of god has come to you that's what the bible says in the gospel it is near it is at hand jesus keeps saying it many places he wants us to have that understanding of the functioning of the kingdom so that concludes our topic here it doesn't conclude your study on the kingdom i'd like you now whenever you read anything in the gospel that talks about the kingdom look closely at it again from this perspective that you have gained in this uh two sessions and see if it's opening newer doors for you that you can then use in your personal journey with god and in your personal place of prayer so we'll conclude with that there god bless you have a wonderful night and a great weekend ahead stay blessed everyone thank you brother russell